0: I am doing, Kevin, what you did this morning, and I am preaching from paper, and I have got to tell you that I am actually scared to do this, because nothing is in bold, nothing is underlined, there's no just scroll up and you're on your next point, I am reading my handwriting, and this is not good, but uh, we're going to do it. Like Kevin said this morning, the word is in me, and the word is in me, so it's fine. Anthea, I loved your testimony just now. And you know what? I honestly see that God is going to open up doors for you. God is going to do incredible things with your life. And when you were talking about your dreams just now when you were standing up here, I honestly see that God is going to open up doors for you that you don't expect. There's going to be, he's going to allow you to go into avenues that you never, ever thought. There is going to be so many. There will be do- doors that will close. But there are going to be so many doors that are going to open. Do you know what? God has got you. I am excited. And I'm excited because I know that God is going to do it because you're humble. I know that you're humble. And that's what God looks for. And uh, so I am excited for your future. It is amazing. Um, I want to set the tone for my message tonight with this scripture. Um, And I've called my message, Abide in Me. And if you turn with me to John chapter 15, verse 4 to 8 and it says remain in me as i also remain in you no branch can bear fruit by itself it must remain in the vine neither am i very loud no neither neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me i am the vine you are the branches if you remain in me and i in you you will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing if you do not remain in me you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers Such branches are picked up, thrown into a fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You were created to worship God. You were created for his pleasure. Your body needs to worship when you come into the presence of God, it is a fact that there are healing processes that happen within your body when you worship. There is a protection that happens around your brain when you worship. And so your body needs to experience worship to function well. So you were created to abide in God. You were created to spend time and to dwell there. You, uh, you cannot do life without his presence. And um, just a few weeks ago, many of you know that um, we had gone through a flood at our house. We came back from um, our October holidays and our thought was, it was about the back of five o'clock, our thought was we were going to run in the door, get changed and go straight back out again. So we approached the front door and when we got to the front door, um, I saw condensation in the windows and I thought, oh, why is there condensation in the windows? And then we opened the door and Brian went, oh, I hear running water. And as he opened the door, our living room ceiling was literally on the floor. And it was pouring like a, just a constant bucket, just absolutely pouring, pouring, pouring on the floor. We all stood there in total shock. And we were like, okay. And we're looking at everything and everything was ruined. And so... Um, we stood in the front garden, and Brian is saying, I need to find the, the insurance number. I can't find the insurance number. And I'm walking around thinking, I don't know what to do. And Brian, Joshua's standing there, and he's quite shocked, and we're all looking a bit stupid in the front garden. <laughs> and I just walked away, and I walked into my next-door neighbour's house. I didn't even knock. I don't even really know them. I just walked in their front door. <laughs> I just walked in their front door, and I went, we've had a flood. And uh, she went, okay, come in and sit down and I'll make you tea.
1: <laughs> so then she made me
0: a cup of tea. And I'm just sitting there, never been in her house before. And um, <laughs> I know. And then she went and she told her husband and her husband went and turned our water off. And that wasn't even our first thought, even although it was pouring in the ceiling. But anyway, so we had this flood and we looked at it and we thought, oh, okay. So we went straight out to my sister's house. And um, when I knew that my family were going to think, ah, oh, this is a shame. I f- and, and they did. My sister Katrina phoned and she said, you know, we're just pretty gutted for you, really, um, that you've had to go through this. And um, I was kind of hearing this little bit of, you know, this is just pretty awful for you and it's such a shame. But in my spirit, I was really still. And although I knew that the situation was awful, in my spirit, I was really unmoved. And on the inside, I'm thinking, I should actually be really upset. But I'm not really upset. And so I had what felt like this bubble round about me. And, and I, had, I didn't sleep very well for about three nights. And on the, maybe the third night, I woke up in the morning and I sat on the side of the bed and I thought, you know what, this is awful. and I I sat there and I thought actually it's pretty dire so I looked down on the floor and Brian's mobile phone was on the floor and I thought to myself I wonder what the Bible says because in the first three days I didn't look at the Bible I just was functioning through every day so I picked up his Bible and this is a scripture that came to me it was Psalm 116 Psalm 116 verse 1 to 19. And when I sat there, I knew that, you know, people speak about the whisper of God, the still small voice. When I woke up in what felt like just chaos, I heard this still small voice. Psalm 116, verse 1 to 19. And it says, I love the Lord, for he heard my, my voice, he heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me, the anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord, Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears and my feet from stumbling. That I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said I am greatly afflicted. In my alarm I said everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants Truly, I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. And I sat there, and when I read the scripture, my heart went steady. And I sat there, and I felt absolutely held in that moment. God said this very clearly to me. Um, When I read that scripture, he said, Ruth, I saved you from hell. I love you so much that I called on you and you turned to me and I saved you from hell. Why am I going to walk away now? Why am I not going to be here with you right now? So although it looked chaotic, God was with us. God had us and he was holding us. And so that scripture kept... My heart's steady. And it still keeps my heart steady. I'm not moved. I am not moved. I know, that, I know what the devil's plan is. I know what the devil's plan is, but I am not moved. My focus isn't there. Um, and so it doesn't matter what comes over you. You're not destroyed. And I want to t- you to turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> and it says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay. may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. God is amazing how it doesn't matter really what is going on in your everyday. He will cause you to get down on your knees and completely humble you in order for you to become who he needs you to be. And so in order for God to use you, he needs you down here, not up here. And over the the last while... I've spent a lot of time down there. I've spent almost every morning down there. That's where God needs you, and that's what God does. The moment we die to our dreams, the moment we die to ourselves, the moment we die to our requests, our requirements, then he lifts us up and he uses us. And so um, I want to take you to this story, and uh, I, I, I had quite a powerful revelation from this story. It's in 1 Kings chapter 19, and it's verse 11 to 13. And this is God talking to Elijah. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came the fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. I've learned a lot about the storm. And if I can have your attention, full attention, for just a second, I want you to hear this. What I have learned is that God isn't in the storm. He isn't. And I know that is going to absolutely mess with your heads. But for me, my revelation is that he's not there. Because if he is there, then your focus becomes the storm. Your focus becomes the chaos. When actually what God wants is he wants to distract you from the chaos in order for you to hear his voice. And so in that moment, God held us. But we weren't going to hear his voice there. We weren't going to hear his voice with the noise. A storm is noisy. I remember when we were on holiday once, we were in... uh, Uh, Lanzarote I think and we had the tail end of a tornado (laughs) my life honestly (laughs) and um, we had this tail end of a tornado and we're sitting and we're all in this restaurant and it was packed we're all having dinner and all of a sudden everyone in the restaurant got up and ran people just started running and we're sitting there thinking why is everyone running and as we looked out we could see although it was dark outside there were even darker clouds tumbling in across the sky and we thought oh something's coming so we got up and we ran <laughs> so we are running up not sure what we're running from got into the house and this tail end of this tornado hit and honestly it was a constant rumble of thunder a constant flash of lightning and it went on for hours but it was just this like a drone like just this, this din just constant you couldn't hear anything I I think I put my head under the duvet I <laughs> went to sleep But you couldn't hear anything. And if you focused on it, you wouldn't have been able to hear anything. But there was something that uh, really hit me about this scripture. And if we go back to near the bottom, it says, After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And I'm reading this and I'm thinking, God, why whisper? Why are you whispering? In the chaos of life, why whisper? And I want to show you something just now. And Hattie, would you come up and just help me for a second? Is that okay? Okay. Jamie, could you come up? And could you just place something on the keys for me? Is that all right? sorry. about that. <laughs> okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to speak. Sorry. What have I done with Okay, so what I'm going to do is, I'm going to whisper, okay, and you're going to take a step towards me until you can hear me, okay? are so getting married. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> Okay, so this is what happens when you're in a storm and you have to hear the whisper. You have to get really close. And that's the power of the whisper. Because when your heart leans in and your attention leans in, what you suddenly realize is he's extremely close. And so are you. Thank you. to tuck myself in okay. okay. So I can guarantee you that if you take your eyes off the storm, you'll realise how close God is to you. You'll realise that he's actually closer than you think he is. He's with you. He's right there. And so the power of the whisper is that you take your, your attention off the noise, of the chaos, which is what we had to do. That's what God wants to do. When God walks in, everything changes, like that song said tonight. I grew up in a, a home where we saw revival. I saw religious people healed, set free in a moment. I saw the hardest hearts softened. I saw people with disease healed in a moment. I have seen these things, and I've seen what happens when God walks in. I've seen what happens when our focus is so much on the whisper that then God is allowed to move. Turn with me uh, to Luke 10. God has to become your everyday. He's got to become your everyday. He's got to be your choices. God has got to be your dreams. He's got to be everything that you do. He's got to be your strength. He's got to be your hope. He has to be your joy. Luke chapter 10 verse 38 says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. So here's Martha. And I was talking with Mum and Jane. Mum was over, and we were busy cooking dinner, and we were saying, we were laughing in the living room because we were saying, poor Martha. Martha's heart was in the right place. She wanted to make it nice. She wanted to make it well, but she was so distracted. And then you've got Mary. And Mary is seeing that Jesus, the presence, is in her room. And she, she focuses on it. That takes up all of her attention. But then you've got Martha. And Martha's running around trying to do everything and getting distracted with this, that, and the next thing. But then here's Mary. And she's focusing on Jesus. And the truth is that Martha was missing a God moment because God was right there in in the house. His presence was right there. Yet her mind was so focused elsewhere and she missed her God moment. Now, when Brian and I had the flood, many would say, what a disaster. No, it was a God moment because what that moment did for us was that it brought us closer and deeper in our relationship with God. It brought us into a whole new place of standing strong. And so it was a God moment. We turned it from chaos into a God moment. I, um, I, my mum mom, came down not that long ago. She went back yesterday, actually. She went back home. And mum doesn't like train stations because she gets baffled with the details. She gets baffled with the board and the times and the train and what says platform whatever and she just always has to be reassured she's getting on the right train so I'm there and now down in Aberdeen train station there is barriers there's like bollards things and you can't go through them unless you have a ticket so the last time mum was down I didn't have a ticket and I had to just let mum go and I said to her mum I'm going to walk up the, fe- the side of the fence you'll be on the other side I'm going to walk up with you and I'm going to make sure you get on the train So we walked up together, and I could see that mum was struggling. But I was on the other side of the fence, and I couldn't get to her. And it was so frustrating, because I so wanted to reassure her, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm here. It's fine. And I stood there, and I watched her, and I thought, this fence is really irritating, (laughs) because I could rip it apart. And I honestly did think, at one point, I thought, I'm going to climb it. (laughs) but I knew that if I climbed it, I would have got into trouble. Um, But there there was a fence in the way. And for some people, there are fences in the way. There are fences in the way of that walk with God. There's fences in the way of those God moments. There's fences in the way of that security that you need. And there are fences that have to come down. And some of these, offense, these fences are habits. Some of them are habits. They're things that you're doing over and over and over again. But they have to come down. They can't stay there. They can't stay there if you're going to move forward with God. By God's grace, he's right there. You know, one thing that I know is that perspective is a very, very powerful thing. What you see is a very powerful thing. Now, when I was stu- studying in Aberdeen, I used to get the train um, from the train station out to Dice, because it was quicker. You got on the train and you were out there in about three minutes. And um, so this one day, I slept in and I ran down. Now, the train for Aberdeen to Inverness is always in 6 North. I looked over at 6 North, there was the train, and I thought, perfect, I've got time. And I ran onto the train, sat down, and I thought, great, I'll just buy my a ticket when I'm on. So, I can't sit in a train going, when the train is going backwards because it makes me feel sick. So I would always kind of sit in the same seat. So I'm sitting in the same seat, knowing that I'm going forwards, I'll get my ticket when I come on the train. So I sat there, the whistle blows, and we start going backwards. And I'm there, and I'm thinking, why are we going backwards? So the man came round to sell the tickets, and I said, uh, I'm looking for a ticket to Dice. And he went, well, I can't give you a ticket to Dice, but I can give you a ticket to Stonehaven. <laughs> and I was like, all right, okay. And so it started going backwards. Now, I was completely humiliated because I knew that I was going to have to phone my work and I was going to have to say, listen, I'm in Stonehaven, I got on the wrong train. <laughs> and I was going to be a laughing stock in the office. But here's what I did wrong. I didn't look. I just assumed. I looked over and I assumed there's my train. And I got on that train. But I didn't look and I didn't take in the detail. And there is always detail with God. There's always fine, fine detail with God. That's why we never make a rash decision. So I'm sitting on the train thinking, okay, I've assumed. I got off in Stonehaven. I phoned the person that was covering my desk and I said, they said, where are you? And I said, well, I'm in Stonehaven. And I said, next train, I'll be back at the office about lunchtime. <laughs> and they said, right, okay. I went in and I had, there was people laughing. But I want to, I want to show you this. now. I've got some pictures. And this is how powerful perspective is, okay? So I want you to look at these pictures. Can you put the first picture up, please, Dusan? Please. Okay. <clears throat> Do you see a man looking at you? Or do you see a man looking to the right? You see both. Okay, next picture. Do you see a vase? Or do you see two faces? Next picture. Okay. Do you see an Eskimo? Or do you see an Indian? An Eskimo looking into a cave or an Indian? What you see can be very, very different from the person sitting next to you. What we see is always different. What we see, what we see and what God sees is always opposite. It's always different. And that's why we have to be very careful of the detail. We have to really listen to what God is actually saying. I've got this quote for you. And it says, What you see depends not only on what you look at, but where you're looking from. So I want to ask you tonight where you're looking from. Are you looking from the presence of God? Or are you looking from your own mind, your own dreams and desires? Where are you looking from? Your perspective depends on your ability to recognize the God moment. When you have the right perspective, it will make every impossible situation possible. Turn with me to John 14. John 14 says this. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. This is what I love about the presence of God. The presence of God always brings peace. He always brings humility. He always brings joy. He always brings strength. He always brings unity. He always brings the, uh, the ability to be faithful. He always brings the ability to dream God dreams. He wants to give you good things. The Holy Spirit is amazing at just being there at the very moment that you need him. But I need you to understand tonight that God, the Holy Spirit always brings